to Boss Babes Through Him, the podcast. I'm Maxine. And I'm Katie. And today we have a very special guest here with us. Uh, we have Kelsey. Oh, God! Abby Hollihan. Abby Hollihan. You got it. Who is an Olympian. And <laughs> we are so excited because she reached out to us and she had been listening to our podcast. So we're just thrilled to have you here with us today, Kelsey. Yeah. So Thank you. Start just kind of give our listeners and us um, just some information about you. Where are you from? Um, what got you to the Olympics? Like we want to know the whole we know story. All of it. <laughs> yeah. So we oh be- my goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll try to kind of condense it down a little bit, but like you guys said, my name is Kelsey Avi Hollihan and I'm a 2016 Olympic finalist in the women's pole vault. I was born and raised in Ohio in a small little city called green. So I'm from green, Ohio. And, um, I'm actually a dual citizen with the US and Canada. My mom is American and my dad's Canadian. So I represented Canada at the 2016 Olympics. So that's the connection there. Um, But but yeah, I grew up in Ohio and um, I'm the oldest of four kids. We were definitely a sports oriented family. I swear I grew up playing every single sport under the sun. It was just kind of my thing. Yeah, so, and then, Just to kind of fast forward, I went to Indiana University on a scholarship for track and field, and I competed there for five years where I was a Big Ten champion. I was a school record holder, NCAA runner-up, and from there, I got to the end of my college career, and somebody presented me with the opportunity to continue training and to look ahead to setting my sights on the 2016 Olympic Games. And that's what brought me to Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where I live now. And I've been training as a professional pole vaulter for the last six years now. So it's my life. So did did like like a scout kind of find you in college and then take you along? Or how does that really work? Yeah, so I guess the way I said that it probably... Um, came off that way. But really what it was is I had had success at the NCAA meet and it was my coach who suggested to me that I pursue um, post-collegiate opportunities to continue training because I kind of had um, had enough success that it made sense that it would be a realistic goal for me to pursue the next level of competing. So he really kind of put the idea in my head and I had had some other um, training partners from college who had gone on and done the same thing. So I could look to them for just some guidance and some inspiration. And so that's, that's what led me to seeking out a coaching situation in Knoxville where I could continue pursuing full vault. Wow. So I have a question. So yeah, as you were growing up, you probably, you said you were in like a super sports oriented family. So you probably Mm -hmm. knew that you were going to play college you know, sports and whatever it was. Did you think that you would be in the Olympics? Like, is that something that you thought would happen or is it just something that kind of your dream evolved along the way? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because for me, it did evolve along the way. And even when it came to college sports, like growing up, I didn't really think that much about it. It wasn't like my parents were the type of helicopter parent that you see so often with high level athletes, they kind of just let me do my thing and explore what I was interested in. And I, I loved sports. Like I loved the social aspect of it. And 
I mean, I was good at it. So that kept me involved in many different things. But yeah, I just, um, I started pole vaulting my sophomore year of high school because I was running track anyways. And somebody was like, you should try it. You're a gymnast. You might be good at it. So I just kind of fell into it and I continued to have success and I just dreamed a little bit more and a little bit more along the way. And as I reached each milestone, I kind of just set my eyes on the next thing and challenged myself to go after that next goal. And that's what really led to my Olympic dream. Okay. I think there is a total lesson to be learned in this. (laughs) I feel like most Olympic athletes, you hear them like, I started training when I was three years old. Yes, like as soon as I could walk, I started training. And I kind of love the moral of that story because I almost resonate with that on a different level because I feel like I didn't figure out what I wanted to do until later. And like obviously high school is not late in life. But when you think about Olympic athletes, it's late till 10th grade to start training for the Olympics when most people are in life. And I like super resonate with that because – I feel like, I mean, I yeah. changed my major in college, like Same. my junior year of college, I changed my major. So, and then now I'm doing things that, you know, I have a photography business and I always love to take pictures, but I never thought I would be doing weddings and all of these things. And this mm-hmm. just kind of came to play. So I almost want to encourage our listeners, like, don't feel like it's too late to start working on your dream. Yeah. You know? and, and I love how you said that, like, you just kept dreaming like bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. things and I know Katie and I can both like relate to that yeah because like yeah we'll just start piling Mm -hmm. on and like we did an episode about like what your calling is and I feel Mm -hmm. like in all of our kind of positions when you're not sure what it is but then you reach a point and God's like here it's like (laughs) yeah okay and then the more that you just start following it it's like oh well this was in my lap like you said like you were in sports like this has been inside of me this whole time yeah but you kind of reach a point where it's like that light bulb goes off and it's like oh this is what Mm -hmm. I really have to do yeah yeah and I listened to that episode by the way and it was great so you guys are so encouraging and sharing your stories too and yeah I think there is a lesson in that I think for me I've always just made an effort to be really immersed in what I'm doing in the moment and to be the best that I can be at what I'm trying to do in that moment. And that's what's led me on this path to be able to find more and more success um, in pole vault. But that will also transfer into the rest of my life too. And I move on from, from my career as an athlete, just like you guys are saying, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I have no idea what God has for me, but I do know that whatever is in front of me, I will put my best effort forward because that's who I am. And like, as long as you're doing that doors will open and you just have to have the courage to walk through them and, you know, see what happens. Uh, I, love I totally agree with that. Yeah. So I, yeah. this is something that also hits home with me. This is like so random. I don't even think I've ever told my or on the podcast, but I always like in my like daily prayers, I always pray to be the best version of myself because I I pray that I pray that every single day for probably almost two years because I do so many things. I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, I'm a podcaster, blogger, photographer, teacher. Like I do writing and fields consultant. Like I do all of these things. And I think that 
it's just so important for me that day. I don't work on all of these things every single day of my life, contrary yeah, right. to popular belief. But, you know, whatever it is that day, I always pray to be the best version that day. So whatever I'm doing that day, I want to be the best, my best self at yeah. it, if that makes sense. And I, yeah. I actually wrote a blog, just like on my personal blog a little while ago called the do-it-allers and oh, yeah, like just good. the people that like have so many things on their plate and try to be good at all of them and like I know Katie and I are both like perfectionists but like what I talked about was basically like you can have all these things and it's okay to be okay at a lot of things yeah. like never mm -hmm. think you're gonna be perfect at 10 different mm -hmm. things so like when, sure. when you said that I just thought of that because like today and this day like I'm gonna try to be great at like this one thing yeah you know and then tomorrow maybe I'll be great at something yeah. else but for today for I now that. this is what we're focusing on I'm for now start praying that that is inspiring <laughs> Katie yeah yeah me too that's a great prayer I, I love that and I, I think go ahead go ahead no, mine's silly. I was just going to say that I love Knoxville. Like, I know this is so random. Me and my husband, so it's not that far. It's only like two hours from where I know. I was going to say, if we weren't in Corona times, we could have like gotten together for coffee in person. Yes, maybe we will once this is over and do a follow-up. Yeah. But I love Knoxville. I love the little area downtown where you can walk around and eat. And like, everyone has their dogs. And yeah. Oh it's super cute. We've like really enjoyed it. I've obviously I've been here for six years. My husband's been here for about a year and a half now. And we love that there's a mix of kind of like you're saying that cute downtown and there's fun like restaurants and breweries and wineries and things to do. But then also it's like right in, in the Smoky Mountains. So if you're an outdoorsy type person, you can kind of scratch that itch too. So we love it. It's fun. Knoxville sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so, Heck yeah. So one thing I want to ask you, and Max, then you can ask the next question if you want, but I want to know what your day-to-day -day looks like. Like, what does it look like? When we're can, not in a pandemic. Yes, yeah. Don't, not yeah. now, but maybe give us your day-to-day -day before the 2016 Olympics. Like, what were you doing then? And then kind of what are you doing now? Yeah, that's a good question because I feel like things have definitely shifted over the last four years. Um, in 2016, I was living with one of my training partners. Her parents were very generous and basically allowed me to live there for very little because as an Olympic athlete, you're really dedicating yourself or even when you have the dream of being an Olympian, you're dedicating yourself fully to this goal and it takes so much time not only with training, but like when you're not training, you're resting and you're recovering and you're always thinking about what you need to do to put yourself in the best position to perform. Um, so I was really lucky that I had that available to me because I couldn't work full time. That just wasn't in the cards if I was going to dedicate myself to that goal. So I was actually, I was living in my friend's apartment and I was sleeping on a twin mattress on the floor, which I can't make that up. Like yeah. I, I think for like six months I slept on a um, blow up air mattress because I just didn't have a bed. And then one of my college roommates came to visit and she was like, this is ridiculous. We're going, yeah. She's like, we're going to Sam's club and we're buying you at least a twin mattress. And so I just put it on the floor and I slept in the corner of the floor and it worked. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, in 2016 I was 
my husband didn't live in Knoxville yet. We were dating long distance, which was definitely challenging, but obviously we got through that and we we're married and life is good. Um, and I was just really focused on training. So we usually have sessions twice a day. So one in the morning and one around like three in the afternoon in between, it's like, you're just getting a good lunch in, getting some rest and really getting ready for the next session. But like literally every single cell in my body was focused on getting to the Olympics. Like that, every decision I made, I looked through that lens. Is this going to help me get closer or further to my goal? And that's kind of how I viewed things. And it worked out in my favor. So was that that like a little exhausting to have that lens always in front of you or did you enjoy that part of the process? Um, definitely a mixture of both. I mean, as you guys know, it's like wildly fun to like pursue a goal that seems really lofty. And even the hard parts, you take them in stride because you're like, yeah, but this is so cool because I get to try to do this thing. And for me in 2016, I was actually injured from January through May of the Olympic year. So I didn't even know if I was going to get the opportunity to try to qualify in June because I just had like very limited preparation on the pole vault runway. I was able to get creative with my training and like get in the pool and get on the bike, but I couldn't put any weight on one foot for months at a time. So that definitely caused some stress, but I think in the end, it's actually what allowed me to perform really well at the Olympics because it tested me and it was almost like God saying like, okay, how bad do you want this? Like, are you going to keep pushing? Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like, okay, Kelsey, like you can't do this on your own. Like I was literally broken. My body was broken. And so my only option was to really lean in to God's plan for what the outcome would be in 2016 and to just like trust that no matter what happened, it was good. And to trust that even though my journey leading up to that did not look like everyone else's and the odds were completely against me, like he could still do something amazing through me. And it's really cool because I feel like it's such a gift that he chose me to go on that journey because I did end up not only making it to the Olympics, but I made the Olympic final which you have about you have about 40 people competing in the prelim and then only 12 make the Olympic final and I was ranked dead last in the prelim so like literally no one in the world would have picked me to make the final and I did and I think that was God for sure I love that like one of my favorite people on earth is Bob Goff (laughs) oh yeah he's the best I love him and he always says to expect like setbacks So, you know, and I love your story because not many people can resonate with a story that's like, oh, everything was perfect. (laughs) Everything went great. I was was in the Olympics. It was so easy. Yeah. Honestly, not reality for the majority of people. And I feel like it's so important that we share these setbacks so that people know that, you know, this happens to everyone most, for the most part, like everyone Mm -hmm. basically in general is going to experience setbacks in their careers and their business and their ideas. But it's just what you do with that setback. That's important. Are you going to move forward like you did and 
like keep going and use it as something to like talk about later and use for God's glory or are you going to be like oh that was too hard I'm just going to quit now yeah you know yeah. what I mean yeah you say like there's no such thing as an overnight success yeah for you sure. know like, yeah there's such a and especially in the age that we live in like mm -hmm. with social media oh yeah and like like the highlight reel. Yeah. And I get so many messages from like my real estate stuff of people like, Oh, like I saw your page. I want to get into real estate. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But like, you didn't say I've been working on this for years. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you yeah, five deals that I lost in one week, you know, like right. my income was covered for the next two months and now I have nothing and have to start all over. Like yeah. I didn't post that on Instagram, you yeah. know? So I'm yeah, like, that's, such a big part of it because we live in this age where like oh like look at me now mm -hmm. and it's I'm very and it's very rare i mean i think that people have started more and more to show like the realer side of themselves yeah. through social media and like hey yeah. actually where i came from yeah um and i love it when people do that because it's hard when you're yeah. comparing yourselves to all these success stories mm -hmm. or overnight oh my gosh but I mean, yeah, it's, it's so challenging. And especially being an athlete, like you have this measuring stick, like literally this person jumps this high and I only jumped this high. And like, that was the biggest hurdle for me to overcome and still is as I'm still pursuing the next Olympics is I know exactly where I stand in the world rankings. Like I know that I'm not in the top literally. 10, like, yeah. like literally I can look at a list and see where I fall. And the hardest part about that is like continuing to have that self-belief and that belief that like God has you on this journey and there's purpose in it, even though to other people from the outside looking in, it might look like you don't belong or you don't have the ability to perform at a certain level. And so I think that applies to anyone who's trying to do something, especially I know with the types of things that you guys are trying to help women do, I think it's really easy for women to talk themselves out of it because they're like, but someone else is doing it and somebody yeah. else is doing yeah. it better. 100%. So true. get that all the time. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I need to think about that too. Mm -hmm. Like I'll see, it's funny. Remember that realtor that I showed you that yeah, yeah. literally has hundreds and uh, hundreds of listings. Well, I we was, drove down the road one day and I was like, I just saw eight of her signs. Yes. Like 30 seconds. And I was like, well, I'm a failure. And then I actually watched a video about her yesterday and she's been doing this for 25 years. And yeah. I've been doing it. For wow. So I'm like, okay, I can stop comparing myself. Yeah, to yeah that exactly. For now. And it's like, it's that mentality of scarcity that like there's only so much to go around and it's just yes. not true. Like there's plenty to go around. Like, and for me, I just always try to remember, like, I can have my moment too. And so can other athletes, like just because other people are having success doesn't mean I can't also. Um, but that's, I mean, on the day to day, that's really hard to believe. Like even, even though I made it to the Olympics and I did well, the next four years have been a struggle because I have, I've battled insecurity. I've battled imposter syndrome, feeling like right. I don't deserve the success that I had. And it was just a fluke and I got lucky and, and that's what happened on that day. So those, yeah. those things are always there. And it's like a constant daily battle to combat those feelings. Businesses, I have, I feel like you could probably relate to this. Like, I feel like there's times when you get that peak 
and you're like, oh, you know, I did this, I made it to the Olympics, I placed, or whatever it is that I've done in my businesses, and then it kind of slows down, and you're looking like, yeah, what am I doing wrong now? Yeah. It's so great that, you know, yeah. but I think it's all timing, and business in general, no matter what business you're in, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Like, it's, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, what we do, doesn't matter, any type of business. Is that literally, I would want to say this is a fact. <laughs> like, yeah. nothing Seriously. is just an uphill yeah. climb. It's going to be, yeah. yeah. be that road. And it must be, it must be so hard for you as an Olympic athlete because you have to wait four years mm -hmm. for your next chance to, like, quote unquote, peak. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. beat what you had done before. Yeah. And I'm sure, do you have, like, tournaments in between and, like, stuff like that in between? Yeah, there definitely are competitions in between, but I think what some people don't realize is that the majority of people training for the Olympics don't have a ton of opportunities at these high-level competitions. So, like, for me specifically, since I'm not ranked in the top 10 in the world, for me to compete leading up to the Olympics, I have to go to college meets and compete. Like, that's just the reality. And yeah. so it's not a super glamorous, like for most people, like traveling all over the world every weekend, there's definitely people who are doing that in the sport, but that's reserved for like the very top, top people. And that's been my struggle is just like comparing myself to them and sometimes thinking, am I crazy for still doing this? Because I haven't like really broken into that top tier. But again, it's something everybody can, you know, I think it's relatable because anybody knows that feeling of just being like, am I crazy? Like, yeah. do I deserve, do I deserve a place here? All the time. I'm like, am I crazy? I, I told my husband the other day, I was like, I might just be crazy enough to make something work. <laughs> like, I might just be that male. Okay. So I love that. That I wanted to ask you is when, we, um, like when you reached out to us, you mm -hmm. said, um, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't remember word for word, but you're like, I don't necessarily have a business, but my body is my business. Like, and you are your brand. You are your brand. You are your yeah. business. And we loved that. So I, you know, we obviously have like physical businesses, but we want you to kind of talk to the girls or the listeners right now that, you know, maybe they are their business. They are their brand. Yeah. So what kind of yeah. advice do you have for them or can you kind of explain what that is? Yeah. So when I think about me being my own business, I'm not necessarily looking that through looking at that through the lens of like social media or marketing. I'm more so thinking about like literally my results depend on me. Yeah, like they depend on right. Yeah. Like do I fuel myself properly? with good nourishing foods? Do I get good rest? Do I make decisions that are helping me get closer to my goal? Like when I'm standing out there on the runway, even though I may have a coach and I have a team of people who support me, it all comes down to me in that moment, whether or not I clear the bar. So I have to have like a very, I have to have very high expectations for myself and what I do in the day in and day out and how I spend my time and what I focus on. And so that's kind of what I mean about being my own business. But I think everybody has that responsibility, especially if you do have goals or dreams that you're trying to accomplish. Like when it comes down to it, it depends on you. Yeah. And 
yeah so that's kind of yeah yeah that's what I mean by that like you're the only one that's gonna I mean everyone you know you are the only one that's gonna make it happen Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and the further along I get in my career and maybe this is bad but I almost have a little bit of like anger about it I'm like dang it like I can only really rely on myself and obviously like the Lord like the only reason I can rely on myself is because I have that relationship with the Lord too. But um, yeah, you just start to realize that like, nobody's going to care about it as much as you do. Not your mom and dad, not even your spouse. Like my husband is wonderful and is so supportive, but at the end of the day, like it really does come down on me and what I want. If I want it and I feel like it's what God has for me, then I'm going to find a way to put myself in a position to accomplish those goals. So, um, but as far as like, um, athletes and being their own brand. That's an interesting conversation. I'd actually like love to learn from you guys about how people can best like market themselves in an age of social media. It's, it's an interesting conversation right now for sure. Honestly, I would. (laughs) Yeah, we actually literally have a, um, we haven't really advertised it yet, but we have a creative workbook that we are, which is good that you brought this up so that we can talk about it. Um, but we have a creative workbook that we worked on um, over the past couple weeks during quarantine. And it actually lays out um, steps for people who, like, it's kind of a middle ground for a lot of things. So people who have an idea but haven't started yet, you know, maybe they just started their business, they want to start a business, or they're wanting to, like, um, have more success in their business. Like, yeah. they're wanting to, like, revamp, upgrade. And we talk about all those types of things in there like finding your values and your personal brand and then using that to transform it into marketing and goals and so many different things. Um, So we are super, super excited about that work that comes out. Yes, for sure. Well, and I love that too, because I think sometimes, at least for me, like I've shied away from using social media and branding as a tool because I have like this weird idea in my head that it's like wrong or bad to like, promote what I'm doing and like share my journey. So I think it's awesome that there's Christian women out there who are helping other people utilize these tools for good, because I think there is so much good. Like that's how I found you guys. It's like, you can have like all of this, you know, you can have the followers and everything, but it's what you do with it that matters. So if you use your platform for good, you can reach so many more people than you could without it. You know what I mean? As long as you're using it, like even for us or even for you, you can use your story. This is just like mm-hmm. for our listeners, to, you know, not glorify yourself, but glorify God and show yeah, people yeah. like, this is what I went through. Yes. You know, he helped me through it. And I'm sure that, you know, you're going to have setbacks in your life, but you can get through those too. Right. And you said that yeah. to me before too, where like, building your social media Mm -hmm. is seen a lot of the time as like an egotistical kind of thing. Like I just want these likes and I just Uh want these followers. But at the end of the day, if you can use that platform, Mm -hmm. like as your testimony, I feel like it can be so powerful for so many people who are literally just on there and like scrolling through, Uh you know, Mm -hmm. things and then maybe come across a story that hits them. And that might just be one person. But like, I always think if you, if you can share God with one person and like, Mm -hmm. just open that door for them, I always think that that's, that's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
and that's where the people are. So yeah, that's where we need to be. Everyone. Even it's like a whole, especially it's crazy. Like I am like really weird about this kind of thing. Like I, <laughs> I feel like that we're going to have a lot of society changes um, mm -hmm. because of it. Fashion is already changing hundred percent. The fashion industry is changing. We're using matching sets again. We haven't worn matching sets since Victoria's Interesting. Tie dye. Tie dye's back. Um, I mean, it's crazy. And I also think that social media is being used way more, obviously, because yes. we don't have means of communicating and with people other ways. Like the political party crap that mm -hmm. we've been dealing with since 2016 has like simmered down. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, well, we're stuck together now. So yeah. Like, let's, yeah. Let's just all be nice yeah. and like support each other as Americans and yeah. as people of this world instead of like right or left. Yeah. And I, I've felt that just like so <laughs> relieving because that's been exhausting. So yeah. I, yeah. I feel like, and my husband sent me this video, um, and I can send it to you of this man and he's very passionate, but he basically talks about like, God has given us this time to just like shut up and yeah. get into his word and like build a relationship with him and like just beg him for a connection between yeah. us and him and then between ourselves yeah. and all these people are like oh man i'm bored but it's like no like you have a you gift. have stuff to do yeah, yeah. You, you have stuff to do and this time is a gift mm -hmm. it's yeah like all of a sudden we have so much space to like yes. explore and yeah, I mean, that's been, it's been convicting for me because as an athlete, I've always had a goal I'm striving for. And I live my life by that goal. Like literally I make decisions about what I'm going to do with my time based off of that goal. And so now I'm being forced to, like you said, just kind of like rest in the uncertainty. Like I have no idea when my next competition is going to be literally zero, zero clue. Like, is it going to be at the end of the summer? Is it going to be next winter? Are the Olympics even going to happen in 2021? I mean, now they're talking about that date might be up in the air. So yeah. So I think it is good. I think it's uncomfortable, but when you're uncomfortable, there's always a lot of opportunity for growth. Yeah, and I definitely want to plug in the fact that, like, if you're listening and you have had this dream, this idea, this ambition, like, obviously now is the time to go after yeah. it. Like, and even, like, you can see that through us. Like, we just recently started the podcast in, what, February? Um, and then every March. March. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the same month that we started the podcast, like, two weeks later, everything shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we got to put together the creative code. We've got the workbook, the workshop. We have merch coming your way. We have so many things that there is no way on earth no way. <laughs> that we could have done if we were still working yep. full time, full speed, doing all the things that we normally yeah. do. So, I mean, it's crazy. And I, I realize that it sucks because I'm a total seven. So I definitely want to be out and about and talking to people. Yeah. Um, I saw this thing on Instagram. It was like, pray for sevens right now because they're so <laughs> introverted. I'm a, I'm a nine, but oh, I don't know much I'm about it. I'm an eight. Oh. I'm an eight. You're an eight. I took the, um, what is it called? Is it Myers-Briggs test yeah. or something like that? And so on a scale, we had a, like a, professional Myers-Briggs lady come into one of our classes and talk to us and took the test and then went through our results with her and on there's a scale that has like extrovert <laughs> introvert she was like saying all these things and I was like 
honestly, like I'm a mix between all of these. And she was like, oh, what's your number? And it's like, most people have like way out here or way out here. And I was like, I'm a one. I was literally in the middle. And she, <laughs> she was like, I've never seen that before. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> I, like, I love talking to people. Yeah. And I love being, like, I love running a room. Like, I can stand up and talk yeah. to a crowd, no problem. But I do so well on my own, too. Mm-hmm. And I love Interesting. So, it's, yeah. like, I can kind of pick and choose. So, yeah, like, quarantine, yeah, yeah. quarantine's been okay. And, like, you said you did long distance with your husband. My husband's in the military and he's in California for nine months. Wow. We're doing that. And like, we've done that off and on since we've been dating just because he goes different places. But like, I feel like anyone else would be like, oh man, that sucks. And he's very independent and I love being by myself. So I'm like, we're good. We're fine. Yeah. It works out. Yeah. I'm, I was shocked. I was a nine. Honestly, I think people around me were too. They were like, oh, that's interesting. Like you're such a driven person they thought I would be I think like a three is the one that's the overachiever or something but it is super interesting because it's like all about what you feel internally not about what you project outward and when I when I read the nine I was like yes that's exactly how I feel but on the outside I project like this kind of overachiever type I love that a lot actually I actually had a girl um, I was talking to her, to her, and it's the last thing I'm going to say about the Enneagram, <laughs> I was talking to her, and she was talking to me about my Enneagram number seven, and she was like, um, so for those of you who, she's in medical school, and for those of you who don't know, that was my major for my first three years, I could still go to medical school if I want to, but I, like, I just, it wasn't for me, I'm doing all this crazy stuff, and that's more my style, but she messaged me, and she was like, I feel like a seven is so strange for you because you're so, you know, cause there's different sides to people. You know what I mean? She was like, you're so smart. And like, you have this different, not that entrepreneurs aren't smart. She just saw me as like the classic, you know, book. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. very, like, I'm super nerdy. Like I love all the Harry Potters, all that, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, so I went through and I looked and there, I don't remember what it says. I'm going to pull it up in a second, but there is a, um, something that told you about your wings and I read it and I'm a seven wing eight and I think, yes. And it fits my description like so perfectly. We need to do an Instagram um, episode. Yeah, yeah, you guys should. Cause it's like, yeah, I love the Enneagram and it's scary. That's actually what we did at my bachelorette party. We all sat around and just talked about our Enneagram numbers. And like, we're so wild. I love it. That's that's gotta be mine. I'm obsessed. My bachelorette party was in, it's supposed to be in June. And I was like, I don't care that we have to move the wedding. We have a penthouse in Miami and we're going. We're going. Oh my gosh. I know one of my best friends is getting married. Well, it was supposed to in June. And so we like had to cancel our bachelorette and everything. It's so sad. I re- I'm hopefully re- at, okay, hopefully at a later date. Seven with an eight wing. Seven wing eight, the realist. They see they're more free, passionate, adventurous, strong, seek intensity, leaders, quick minded and creative. So that's like diving deeper into a seven. Cause I feel like some people would just see sevens as like, Oh, like happy go lucky, you know, but like yeah. we can get deep. But anyways, just to kind of sum this up, I, we can, like, I feel like we could be friends. I, like, I know. I'm like, talk all the time. But our listeners I definitely want to, I'm going to have to make a trip to see you guys yes. at some point. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really, 
I want to come to Knoxville. Yeah, you guys can come. You're welcome. You're invited. Um, so as we leave, I just want you to kind of tell us, sorry to put you on the spot right now, <laughs> but just kind of leave our listeners with like one piece of advice that you would give women, um, Christian women in today's time. It can be about business. It can be about sports. It can be about anything. Just what would you leave their final thoughts? Yeah, no pressure at all. Oh my God. Um, no, it's okay. Well, I think just speaking from my own experience, like the biggest thing is believing in yourself. And that is so cliche, like the most cliche thing, but you almost have to be like too stupid to care what other people think or like too stupid to see that like it, it won't work because Anytime I've had success, it's the times where I've just like, I've really deep down just been like, I think I can do this. And I just don't care what anyone thinks. And it was almost like, I just couldn't see anyone else. And I think that like, that's what God asked us to do, like to lean into him and what he has for us and to recognize that like, he loves us and he gave us dreams and he cares about our dreams. And like, nothing is too small to care about. Yes, and yeah, so I don't know how like profound that is, but no, basically like you just, you have to stick to that cliche of like believing in yourself because if you don't, then what's the point of whatever you're doing? Yes. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, that served me well when, when I found the courage to really believe despite the circumstance. And when I haven't had the courage, it's been really challenging. Um, so that would be my advice. Well, (laughs) thank you, Kelsey, so much. Yeah. It was so fun to talk with you guys. You guys are so cool. Yeah, we will be coming to Knoxville when this is over for sure. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much for being on here. We appreciate it so much. And, We can't wait for our listeners to hear your inspiring stories. Oh, you guys are sweet. Well, have a good weekend. Yes, see you. you. All right. Bye, girls. Bye. Bye.